Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. Welcome to the Jerry Petito Show. Everyone and anyone out there who knows me knows I am the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. I'd rather be a smartass than a dumbass. Because guys, 31 years ago, I was a dumbass. But today, 31 years later, through the grace of God, I could honestly say I'm a smartass. And yes, the word ass is in the Bible over 40 times. It means donkey. And that's what I was. So... I'm here to let everyone know that I'm a nutritional health coach and a recovery coach. All my services to you are free. If anyone out there is in need, no one should feel that they're alone and they have no one to talk to, especially lately. So I'm putting that out there for everyone and anyone. If you or someone close to you needs guidance or help, please, please reach out to me. If anyone needs my book or if you know of someone that can use it, you can go to Simon & Schuster Archway's publishing store and you can purchase it. And again, guys, if anyone out there really needs my book and really cannot afford it, please get in touch with me. Having said that, I have a very, very cool guest today. This guy has quite the resume. That's what I'm going to say. Everybody, let me introduce to you... Music Hall of Fame entertainer Mario Rocco. Say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Great intro. Thanks. I, I, I'm even impressed with myself now. Okay. Listen, I'm impressed with you. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I see all the different entertainers that you do. So, like, um, are you like like an ETA of the different eras? Yeah, I would say I'm a, uh, I do kind of a, a roller coaster ride of music, if you will. Okay. Songs from, you know, old style Sinatra, Dean Martin, of course. And then you go into the 50s. I do a lot of the 50s music. And of course, I go into the 60s Motown and classic rock right on into the 70s. So it's quite an array of music in one show. So, you know, I have some really cool songs that you've, you've done in my queue here. Um, I'm very, very impressed with how well you do all the different entertainers, you know, their songs. Like, you don't just stick to one thing. That's what's so cool about you. Well, um, you know, a lot of people tell me, say, oh, my God, you sound just, well, not just like Right, that. I know. It's similar to the original. And I, I, I attest that to uh, growing up and going into my brother's room and stealing his records, like <laughs> whether it be Elton John or whatever, whatever. And I would sing constantly to their music. And I think I just adapted to their style of music. So if I'm singing an Elton John song, I'll sound a little bit like Elton John, et cetera, et cetera. So if I sing a little bit of a Sinatra, I sound a little bit like Sinatra. So... You know, I tell people, I sing to the voices in my head. Very cool. So, let's give everybody a little treat. We'll, we'll do one song, um, and then we'll talk about it. And I'm going to play Mac the Knife. Who doesn't like Mac the Knife, right? Oh, oh yeah. Bobby Darren. That's right, baby. Here we go. Overshot baby Had such deep death and it showed that pearly white Just a jackknife has all Maggie been And it keeps it out of sight You know when that shark bites When it's deep down Scarlet billows start to spread A 
baby mac the knife (laughs) you do a great job thank you that's one of my most uh probably my most requested songs so all right so let's get a little history here so your resume really is outrageous to me um let's talk a little bit about it so tell everybody about your company your enterprise well Um, it's called uh, Show and Dance Productions, and uh, of course Mario Rocco uh, Entertainment, and then I have some other entertainers too uh, that fly under that umbrella. So you can book me, but I also have other entertainers that I handle, and I try to get them work also. And a lot of times I work with them. You know, like I'll add, like I'll get booked for a show, and I'll bring one of my acts in with me to either open up or I'll open up for them. Okay, that's cool. And so you've been performing for more than four decades, correct? Yeah, yeah, about 45 years. Yeah, I started when I was uh, in my mother's womb. Okay. Did she feel (laughs) it or hear it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But no, no, I've been doing this about 45 plus years. And uh, I did start around uh, around 16 years old. I'm 62 now. Okay. So, you know, I can't do the math real well, but yeah, I've been doing this a long time and learned a lot and opened up for a lot of artists. The, the thing is, I didn't get a lot of pictures with these artists. I wish I had in retrospect, you know? Why not? I know. I know. I've even tried to get a hold of some of the venues that I've worked and the people that I've dealt with are all retired or passed away or... They have no contact with, so, but at least I know what I've done, you know, right. and some of the people that have come to my shows over the years have known, they'll come up to me, I'll give you a quick example, I opened up for Johnny Maestro on the Brooklyn Bridge, and I ended up touring with him for about three months, and uh, I was at a restaurant after a show, and uh, these people came up to me and said, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, how, so, Johnny Meister was awesome, but man, we could have done another half hour with you. Wow. I thought that was pretty nice. Yes. Of course, we were probably drinking heavily, but, uh, you know. No, no. (laughs) That was very flattering, you know. That's very cool. Um, Please tell me you got a photo with them. Um, 
I have the, I have their photo and it's signed to me. So that's all I got. But you're not in it. No. I, I could know. slap that head of yours. <laughs> oh, I love. I take photos with everybody. I drive oh, people crazy. I'm going to start doing that, though, Jerry. I am going to start doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the mem- but you have all the incredible great memories, you know? Right. So that's right. the most important. So you've, you have performed all over the U.S., but you've also performed internationally, right? As far away as the Middle East? Yeah. Went out to uh, places like Istanbul, Turkey in 1996. I played uh, a place called the Hard Rock Cafe which uh, there was three sections, the hotel they put me in, the restaurant, and then the casino. And I played in the restaurant part. And um, it was it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. I would sing my American music, and they had an interpreter with me on stage, kind oh. of off to the left side. Okay. And I would say, Hard Rock Cafe, are you ready for some rock and roll? And then he would repeat what I said in Turkish. And then oh. the people would cheer. But then when I sang the songs, the whole audience, about 2,000 people, knew the words to every song I sang. In English. Song. <laughs> in English, right? In English, right, right, right. That is so wild. Yeah, it is. It, it, was, it was quite an experience. I'll tell you, I, I don't know if I'd go, that, go to that area nowadays, but I would go back if I was invited uh, under certain circumstances. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. You know, I, I've been all over the world. I even went to Russia in the 80s through Lenox Hill wow. Hospital when it was communist. Right. And um, things went on there. It was crazy. But I wouldn't mind one day, if possible, to get back to these countries and see them now. But not right now, you know. So amazing. But that amazing, you know. So, all right, let's give everyone another song, and then we'll talk about this song, because this is pretty cool, too. Music of the Night. Here we go, guys. Abandoned their dear 
absolutely beautiful. Tell us what this song means to you. Tell us anything you want us to know. Well, this song came about when people would come to my shows and I would sing, of course, the oldies, the 60s classic rock, you know, uh, the Sinatra and all that stuff. And personally, I just felt like maybe I'm getting a little too repetitious in singing the same songs. So I started changing the songs up. Instead of singing your standard Sinatra songs, I would sing some other songs that nobody's heard me sing as far as Sinatra, Oldies, Motown, et cetera, et cetera. Then I was experimenting at the studio and I pulled this song out and I sang it one take and that's what you just heard right now, a one take really? music of the night. And I tried a second and third take, even a fourth and fifth take, but my producer at the time, uh, who was actually still uh, my producer, um, Marty Walsh and, uh, and Paul Ginoka said, Mario, take one is your best. Let's keep it. So I put it in the show, got a standing ovation five songs into the show. Wow. Now, usually the standing ovation is the end. They're, they like everything you've done. Like four or five songs in, and they stand up for a song. Pretty incredible. So yes. I've been keeping it in ever since, and it just shows a side that people wouldn't expect. Right. Well, you know, I do that along with the other songs, like from Les Mis. I have three or four songs from there, etc. So, yeah, so it's quite a different. People don't expect to hear that when they come see my show. Well, you sent me a lot of songs, and I appreciated it, and I listened to a little <laughs> clip from all of them. And I was blown away, I got to say, like I said, at the, you know, how versatile you are. I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like your voice just does it all. So did you ever have singing lessons? No, no, I haven't. Um, and I'm probably paying the price now because I was just telling you off air how I've been drinking milk lately. Well, as a singer, I shouldn't drink milk because uh, it, it makes you hear my voice. It's a little raspy right now. So I have a gig this weekend. I have to stop the milk all week just to get my voice back. And uh, if I if I had lessons when I was younger, I would have known better not to be drinking milk. <laughs> no, but listen. Okay, so now I'm going to slap you silly. You, you know not to drink milk. You just said it, but you're still doing it. So stop. I, I, okay. Okay. Let me make a note. Hold on. Jerry, Jerry said, said, I'm a no. vegan and a nutritional health coach. Milk is not... Good for you, believe it or not. Gary said not to drink milk. No, got it. Okay, All right, got it? Good. I'm so glad. Okay. <laughs> Put it in cap letters. Oh, I did. All right, good. <laughs> so now, um, I want to talk to you about, this is really cool. So you have appeared with a lot of different stars. Yeah. Um, I'm going to name a few, and then we'll talk about others. So, of course, Olivia Newton-John, Eddie Money. I mean, are you kidding me? The Temptation, Dupree's, Johnny Maestro, you had mentioned them, the Drifters, the Vels. I mean, it's endless, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, I got a pretty good resume there. So, but no pictures, darn it. <laughs> so, what I want to ask you is this, and it's going to be a very hard question for you to answer. So, just in general, okay? Who have you performed with or met that's really, really influenced you? Um, I'd have to say, I'd have to say Johnny Maestro, um, when I did that in three months with him, just watching him, how he handled his audience, how he never had time, um, I, I'm saying that wrong, he, he, he didn't have time for himself because he was always giving time to his audience and the fans after the show. Even before the show, he would have a meet and greet and they would have to pull him out of the meet and greet because he was on in five minutes. Amazing. You know, and, and it just showed me what it is to be in that life. You know what I mean? Like, you're nothing without those people that come see you, buy your CDs, right. you know, support you. And, and the way he handled his crew... He never talked down to anybody. I was just totally enthralled by Johnny Maestro and the book and his crew. Okay. Very cool. So now here's another question I love to ask my entertainers. Who have you not met 
that you wish you could have or still may be able to? Okay. Um, I have three people. Good. Of course, Sinatra. Okay. And of course, Dean Martin. Okay. And of course, Elvis. Okay. I was, you know, guys, this was not planned. Okay. Just so they know. I was hoping you were going to say Elvis, and I'm glad you said three. Elvis is my guy. There you go. And I was, um, I was an impersonator for years, back in the uh, 70s and 80s and into the 90s. Um, I write poetry. I'm a writer, author, all that, and I write poems. And one of my uh, poems is a music, a song poem. And at the end of it, it says, music is a must for you to keep your joy, especially if it's Elvis, baby, because Elvis is my boy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Great line. Great. Heck yeah, baby. So, um, all right, we're going to talk more about those three people and what they mean to you. I actually have, believe it or not, little sister in the queue. So, yeah, so let's play. Listen, little sister, I yeah. want you to talk about this song and what it means to you, and I want you to also talk about the three guys you just mentioned. Okay. Well, the song you just played, Little Sister, um, is one of my favorite Elvis songs, as well as Are You Lonesome Tonight? And uh, I especially like Are You Lonesome Tonight because of the talking part in the middle. I get to kind of show off a little bit of the Elvis voice in the talking part. <laughs> And uh, uh, Elvis was a big influence on me when I was a little boy. Like I told you, I used to go in and steal my brother's albums and listen to them. And he had a couple of Elvis, and I would listen and would listen to them over and over again. And I developed a knack for sounding a little bit like Elvis. So a friend of mine made me an Elvis group, and I went out as a joke to, you know, just just to see what the response was. And all of a sudden, my my mom and dad started getting all these phone calls at the house asking for me to come to different clubs and all. And I was only like 15, I think, at the time. So my parents would escort me to these clubs, and uh, I would go in and sing Elvis 
in my new Elvis suit, and that just parlayed into an Elvis career. The only drawback was that people started getting to know me as that Elvis guy. Okay. You know, not Mario Rocco. So I I played along, but then I would start trying to go out and do gigs as Mario Rocco. And people in the audience would go, oh my God, you're that Elvis guy. <laughs> oh my God. So that's when I, I started doing more of a tongue-in-cheek Elvis. You know what I mean? Like uh, accenting the lip and, you know, swerving the legs when, when I was standing still. Like, oh, oh, come on, legs stand still. You know, people would giggle. <laughs> So uh, that's why I started really focusing on singing Sinatra and Dean Martin music. You know, uh, my audience was just that perfect age where they grew up with Elvis, where they grew up with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, too. So thank God I started getting a reputation of, oh, you ought to hear this guy do Elvis, but man, you should hear his Dean Martin. You know, that kind of thing. Right. So my audiences start coming out to hear all the music I was doing. And then, of course, that parlayed into singing my oldies. Because in the uh, 60s and 70s, the oldies, the music from the 50s was still hot. You know? So I would do the Johnny B. Goods and the, and the Shake, Rile, and Rolls and all that. As a matter of fact, I have a CD out called Shake, Rile, and Roll. And it has 30 jukebox songs on it. And Little Sister that you played is on that CD, along with uh, some other stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so that, my, my career kind of happened um, by chance, if you will, you know, kind of rolling with the times. Right. You know, but uh, being an Italian and growing up in an Italian family, it was, uh, it was, it was uh, um, a prerequisite that you listen to Frank Sinatra music. Sure. You know, you know that. Right, sure. So I would listen to Frank, but then I heard this other guy, and my mom turned on to him. She said, don't tell your father, but there's this other guy I want you to listen to. I said, okay, Mom, who is it? She played, uh, she played, uh, what was the song? Oh, yeah, um, everybody loves somebody, something. right? Little Sonata, little uh, B. Martin. I went, oh, my God, I got to know more about him. So I started... Looking up Dean Martin, we didn't have the computers back then, but I would ask around and people go, oh, yeah, sing this, sing that. So, of course, I started putting uh, um, uh, Everybody Loves Somebody, um, uh, Arrivederci Roma, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Amore. I started putting out my act and I found that people loved Dean Martin just as much as they loved Frank Sinatra. <laughs> well, I have a question for you.
beautiful i mean talk about the song but i i gotta say this um it's amazing your voice is amazing how you do this all right talk about this song first well again um telling you how the progression of my career was you know dictated by different styles of music uh in the early 90s i started a tv show with the height of the uh, lease access uh, craze. I had a country video show where I would play country videos from stars and I would sing country songs. And again, it showed another side of people saying, oh my God, you even sing country music? I said, yeah, if it's out there, I'll figure it out. And I'll, you know, I'll add it to my show. And I did that for close to 10 years. I had a TV show. Um, it was called the Country Video Dance Show. And then I did a pilot called Dance Town USA, which CMT ended up picking up from me. And because they were developing a country dance show, they were buying up different shows like myself so that we wouldn't compete. And they bought the rights to my Dance Town USA and never used Dance Town USA, but it was uh, it was called the White Horse Dance Saloon, something like that. It was a line dance show. So I made a couple dollars from that, not a lot, but, you know, I, I think I put a big down payment on a car. Who knows? I, I forget. Okay, cool. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so country music uh, plays heavy into my shows now, you know? It's amazing. Uh, your voice is beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely beautiful. And so, so let me ask you something. So when you were younger and you were home, like, would you just walk around singing? Well, actually, no. Um, I was... I wasn't a very good kid. I was always in trouble. I was always grounded, always sent to my room. So as an escape, I would be in my room and I would be singing to the radio or to my brother's record that I would steal, I told you earlier. Yep. And uh, a lot of times my parents were working. Uh, You know, my mom was out taking care of her parents. So I was home alone a lot. So I would just sing, sing, sing. And I developed a, uh, a knack for singing. Well, my parents never knew I sang until I was 16. When I was in Florida, we were on a little mini cruise that had gotten stuck on a small barge or, or a sand barge. So the boat couldn't move. So we're sitting here waiting for the tide to lift the boat. And the captain said, anybody on the boat want to entertain us? So I raised my hand. I said, yeah, I'll sing the phone. So my parents looked at me like, what the heck are you going to sing? You know. So I got up and sang a song. It was the first time my parents ever knew I could sing. I'm a little surprised at that. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, like I said, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I, I didn't want my parents. I thought I'd be doing something wrong and my dad wouldn't approve. And, you know, it was just, it was growing up in the 60s and 70s, Jer, you know? Wow, okay. Um, that's a different but, story. But I will say, in defense of my father, later... He did say to me one time after a show, he said, you know, if I knew you could sing well, I would have pushed you a long time ago. So that, that you know, that okay. went full circle for me with my dad. Right. <laughs> was your dad from Italy? Um, yes, he was from, um, actually his family was from Northern Italy and Australia. Oh. I mean, uh, Austria. Oh, Austria. Austria. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, I got a little of that influence from my dad, of course. And my mom was full Italian, and uh, that's why I just always loved the Italian uh, singers, you know? 
Well, I mean, I guess thinking about things, you know, I'm your age. I'm 61. My dad was from Italy. My mom's an American Italian. And I was a little different, though. My brother was more of the conservative kind, hard worker. You have to work and blah, 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 blah. And he listened to them. I never did. I always went outside of the box. And I wanted to go to art school. And my dad was like, you're crazy. All right. He goes, all right. And I had to go draw naked people. And, you know, so I drove my family crazy. But I could understand a little bit with what you're saying, I guess. Um, But I'm glad you came out of your shell and look at where you are today. Yeah, yeah. I have no regrets at all choosing the path that I chose. Okay, beautiful. Beautiful. So now we're going to play another one of my favorite songs of all time. And I think the majority of the world will probably agree. We're going to play Summer Wind. Here we go, guys. Summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your head and walk with me. All summer long, we sang a song, then we strolled that golden sand. Two sweethearts and the summer wind A light painted kite, those days and nights They went flying by The world was new beneath the blue umbrella sky The Piper Man One day It called me I lost you I lost you to that summer wind The autumn wind And the winter wind They have come and gone Still the day about the summer wind baby oh yeah well that was my dad's favorite sinatra song and my dad wasn't much of a singer but he would sing that around the house and i think that's why it got into the back of my head for years so of course when i was doing sinatra in my show i would add summer wind and dedicate it to my dad um I wished he was around later after I actually recorded it and put it on one of my CDs, which I think that CD was called Music of the Night, where mm. you can find like Mac the Knife, Summer Wind, Music of the Night. Um, uh, that way my dad would have been able to kind of listen to it anytime he wanted. But uh, uh, I'd be remiss not to talk about my buddy Marty Walsh, who was also an entertainer, mm-hmm. um, he's been very instrumental in my career as far as giving me advice and kind of, he would come to the shows, and he's a singer also, and he would get up and sing with me and we'd do duets together like Don't Pull Your Love, You Lost That Loving Feeling, Temptation oh. uh, Eyes, great stuff. And uh, as a matter of fact, Marty's uh, uh, girlfriend is uh, Lori Alessi. 
and her father was Tony Alessi, who was in the Four Aces. How cool. Yeah. So, uh, so with that history, Marty and I knew each other years and years ago, and he kind of followed my career, and I got him up to sing with me, and then he started giving me some sound advice, and he would be my sound boy. He would watch an audience while I was performing, and he would catch things that I didn't catch. And he'd say, oh, my God, when you did this song, people were tapping their feet. When you did song, this song, people would be talking. And so that kind of helped me weed out songs so that I didn't do anything boring, you know? And it was all because of Marty. And Marty and I and Lori, we do shows together a lot. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, I have a, another surprise song in cue for you. Oh, okay. The story of my life. Uh, Neil Diamond. Uh, this is probably from a recording standpoint and a listening standpoint. When I do listen to some of my music, this is the one that brings tears to my eyes. This just, because we all have a story of our life. And yes. This is the story of my life. So then get your tissues. Okay. <laughs> Here we go, baby. The story of my life is very plain to read. It starts the day you came and ends the day you leave. The story of Absolutely beautiful. The story of my life. Tell me how you feel about that song and why you sang it. Well, I feel very dear about that song because basically if you just listen to the words, it has 
it can be interpreted a lot of different ways. And I see it as the story of my life, you know, the ups and downs, the, the trials and tribulations, the loves, the lost loves. You know, we all have that person that we allow to get away. We have that person that we love no matter who we're with, you know. And for me, singing that song just brought back a flood of emotions with the relationships I've been in, the good ones, the bad ones. And I just love that line, if I should die today. Oh, my God. You know, right? it's the truth. I mean, you die today. Did you have the chance to tell the people that meant the most? Gee, I'm getting all the clumps just thinking about it. Aww. <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> well, I feel the same way about that song as you do. I mean, everyone has a story to tell, and they all need to tell it. Um, yeah. You know, I want to read a poem out of my book for you. Um, okay. I think it's an appropriate time. It's called Utilizing Gifts and Talents. And what made me think about reading this was when you were telling the story about you didn't let your parents even know you were singing until you were 16. So I want to share this poem with you because everyone has gifts and everyone has talents and they all have to find them and they have to use them. So here's the poem, guys. We are born with talents. We are born with drive, with different gifts to help us thrive. I knew early on I was born to draw and paint, to also write poetry, and to talk without restraint. Our gifts and talents should all be used, God's gift to us not be abused. We can go far in life for sure, using our gifts to go on tour. All our talents should be used to create ourselves and more, then our jobs to share them, to even up the score. You see, in life what's needed is not just for ourselves. Once our gifts are mastered, Take them off the shelves. A living we can make by spreading them around, not just for the money, but to spread a peaceful sound. Don't take for granted the gifts you're given. Go out and spread the joy. Our gifts are not to be held back for us to self-destroy. Put your efforts forth. Do not hesitate. All your talents, my friend, are never second rate. Never hold them back or you will surely die. Maybe not in body, but your soul will cry. Our gifts were made to share, our talents made to soar, go through life enlightened, and then you can roar. Be proud of who you are. Be happy you're alive. Once again, my friend, your gifts will help you thrive. By putting efforts forth, not keeping them at bay, your name will live forever, forever and a day. Go through life excited for what you sure can give to yourself and others is our reason to live. Our grave will be quite lonely. But our legacy lives on. Make sure people smile with the breaking dawn. That's for you today. Wow. Wow, I'm touched. That's very nice. That's for you, babe. So, you know, you, just have to, you, you, you have to recognize early in life what your talents are, and you can't let people sway you. No. You know, you got to find your own place in this world because no one's going to do it for you. That's right. You know, that's what's... That's what's important to take away in your poem and, and with what I feel, you know. So, that's funny. Yeah. I got my buddy Marty Walsh trying to call me on the other line. Oh, how <laughs> funny is that? Yeah. That's funny. Um, all right. So now I'm going to play It's All in the Game. This is oh, a- yeah. This the, um, people ask me why did I put that first on the on the uh, Shake Around the World CD. And my attempt was... People that have never heard me, if they bought my CD for whatever reason, I wanted them to hear the first couple notes out of my mouth. I wanted them to go, oh, wow. And I think this song does it. Here we go. Oh, wow. Here we go. Many a tear has a fall.
giving you your wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I chose that one, like I said, because it, it came in with my vocals right away. And people are always stunned, They're always waiting for this long intro of a song and hear my vocals come right in. You're like, oh, wow, oh, wow, that sounds good, you know. So Very cool. That's the precedent for the rest of the CD, I think, anyway. Yeah, very cool. I love it. So... Now we're going to play the song that makes everybody shake, rattle and roll, baby. Let's play it. Here we go. Awesome, man. I was shaking, rattling, and rolling in my chair, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about that song. Well, uh, Shake, Rattle, and Roll um, is one of the names of my my show. I call it Mario Rocco's Shake, Rattle, and Roll Review. Ah. 
obviously I open the show with it. I sing it in the middle of the show. And then at the end of the show, I do it as a walk off and then a walk back on, you know, about all that. And, uh, and people just identify because it's such an upbeat song, you know? All right. So I have a silly question for you. Sure. I'm a very like, you know, yes is yes, no is no kind of person. Why do people, singers, walk off as if they're ending it and then we have to clap and say more and then they come back when we know they're going to come back and they know we're going to clap? Why can't they just stay on stage and finish the last song? (laughs) (laughs) You want the truth? I need the truth. I'm going to put it out there. All my musician and entertainer friends are going to hate me Wait, I I can handle the truth, baby. Let's have it. I know you can. It's a three-letter word. Ego. Oh. Yes. I just think, you know, we just love to hear that thunderous applause. We want to be backstage and we want to hear people going, more, more. All right. And then we're back there with our crew going, you know, should I go? Should I go? And then my crew's going, Mario, you know you're going back out there. Just get your butt out there. Gotcha. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? I love your honesty. Hey, there you go. All right. Yeah. Very cool. You guys deserve that clapping and to, to be hearing more and more, more than now that I know. Unless you're Bruce Springsteen, then it's like, oh, my God, one more song? Okay. Oh, well, that's that's hysterical. Or Elvis, right? That's hysterical. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So now listen. The mic is yeah. yours. I want you to be able to tell everyone Anything and everything, even if we forgot to talk about something, please do give them all your information, how to get in touch with you. But if there's anything we forgot to talk about or I, I didn't ask you and you wanted to talk about, the mic is yours, babe. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, Jerry, I appreciate it. Um, there's so many things I didn't realize that we didn't even get to. I didn't realize I had so much to talk about. But uh, I just want to say it's been an honor not only to be on your show, but uh, in my career, I got a chance to represent uh, the United States by honoring first responders, police and military with mm. singing yes. the national anthem and doing shows for them to raise money. So uh, and that's always a- a- an honor to be Beautiful. able to say that. Beautiful. And uh, if anybody wants to know more about me, I guess they can look me up on Facebook under Mario Rocco, M-A-R-I-O-R-O-C-C-O. Okay, I don't have a website because with Facebook, why do you need a website? Uh, um, you can uh, reach me through Facebook. Um, let's see, uh, 302-275-9590 is my phone number. Um, I have four CDs out there available. You can get them through my Facebook. I got the uh, Music of the Night CD, Soul and Inspiration CD, which has Marty Walsh on it with me. I have the Shake Around the Roll, and then I have a Christmas CD. So if you're in the holiday spirits coming up uh, in a few months, then you can maybe get my Christmas CD. So, you know, Jerry, I, you covered so much, and I told you, I can get long-winded. Uh, I just want people to know that I'm available, and I have several different shows that I can uh, produce for any given moment. So uh, that's pretty much it. Look me up on Facebook, Mario Rocco. So amazing. Well, I want to say my thank yous to everyone listening, first of all. And I want to let everybody out there know to please, please share this interview. I mean, this guy right here is incredible. And I don't just say that lightly. I mean, you've heard with your own ears all the different songs he sings. And I mean, country to almost opera. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're absolutely amazing. Um, thank you. And I want to thank you for honoring me tonight. You know, you really made my day. You uplifted me. Your your sense of humor is awesome. I love someone who can handle my sense of humor, okay? Um, Absolutely. You're the easiest interview I've ever had. i got to tell you that. You know, I love you for saying that. I've been told that even by Mel Carter. He said, I made it easy. And I, I laughed and I said, yeah, okay, you made it easy. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, um, but, you know... And I and I told you this. I got in trouble every day of my life in school for talking. So I should have done this a long time ago. I love people. I love interacting. I love music. Um, you know, again, 
please share this interview, guys. Mario Rocco's amazing. And, you know, I again, I want to thank you, Mario, but I want to close. I want to do something a little different. I want to close with your song, Blueberry Hill, but tell us a little bit about it before we close. I think that would be very appropriate and beautiful for people to hear that song at the end. Okay, well, um, it's on my Shake, Rise, and Roll CD. And um, the reason I put this on is because I don't play piano real well, but I play enough to do a little boogie-woogie on, on the on the sea, on the high sea. And so when you hear a little uh, ching-ching-ching-ching, when you hear some of that, that's actually <laughs> me playing that. And that's why I put that in my show, to, to show people that I play piano, even though I don't play real well. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, my gosh. Listen, again, your sense of humor, I love it. So, everybody, here we go, baby. We're going to play Blueberry Hill. 